0: I'm surprised to find you and Harry in contact with each other, Nell said. Will held his snifter to his nose for a moment to savor the cognac's aroma, but he didn't sip it. I got back in town six days ago, Friday morning. Took a room at the Revere House, stuffed myself on oysters, and then I strolled on down to Colonnade Row. I sat on a bench just inside the common, across from my parents' house, and waited for you to step outside. She didn't bother asking him why he didn't just walk up to the front door and knock. Long estranged from his parents, especially his coldly judgmental father, it was little wonder he didn't care to face them. I was on my sixth cigarette, he said, when I finally saw you come out. You weren't alone, though. Ah, Nell was beginning to understand. Gracie. You were laughing, the two of you. You took her by the hand and ran across the street and into the park. She had a little toy sailboat with her. She likes to sail it in the frog pond. I hid until you passed. Will, she's a pretty little thing. You should have- No, Nell, he said gravely. I shouldn't have. Wouldn't you like to finally meet her? I mean, really meet her. Face to face? You're her father. A father who makes his living playing cards and can't go four hours without a syringe full of morphine. She'd wondered whether he was still addicted. It's still just morphine then, she asked. You haven't gone back to- The pipe? He shook his head. No, I've managed to steer clear of all that. Opium, it's too seductive. Too mesmerizing. It consumes me. It becomes all I want, all I can think about. Morphine doesn't carry quite the same allure. I use it like medicine. Twenty milligrams by injection six times a day, just enough to keep from going into withdrawal. And of course, to keep the leg from aching too badly. It still troubles you then. Four years ago, a bullet had torn a chunk out of Will's right thigh. His limp was far worse when he was sober than when he was under the influence of the poppy. It's not too bad, he said, so long as I don't let too much time pass between shots. The waiter came with her sherry, the cigarettes, and a box of matches. Will clinked his glass against hers. To the renewal of our acquaintance. May it remain both intriguing and agreeable. The sherry was sticky sweet. Nell felt it warm a path all the way down to her stomach. Do you mind? Will asked as he opened the Bull Durham tin. Not at all. Withdrawing a cigarette, he said. While you and Gracie were conducting nautical maneuvers in the frog pond that afternoon, I procured a little runabout for the day and drove up to Charlestown to see Harry. You went to the mill? You didn't happen to be talking to Harry out in the courtyard when the dinner bell rang? He stilled. The lit match in one hand, the cigarette in the other. Were you there? No, not on Friday. I was there yesterday to look into a certain matter for your mother, a mill girl who's disappeared, and some of the mill workers mentioned having seen your brother talking to a man last Friday who matched your description. I swear I thought they was gonna swoon dead away. You should have seen Harry's face when his secretary announced me. Will lit the cigarette, blew a stream of smoke away from her. We hadn't seen each other in, what, almost five years? Why did you seek him out? She almost said, why on earth? Will settled back in his chair, crossed his long legs, studied the cognac in his glass. I'd been thinking about him since last winter, when I came to realize how little he'd changed, and that I bear a certain measure of responsibility for his weakness of character for not having steered him toward righteousness during his rake hell adolescence? Nell asked. Will's self-flagellation over the issue was familiar territory. Your mother told me there was little you could have done, with you two being six years apart in age, and Harry so resistant to accepting guidance. If anyone could have managed it, it would have been I. We were fundamentally alike, Harry and I, both drawn to sin like crows to carrion.